Good morning. We're here a little bit from God's Word this morning. We're preaching through the book of Corinthians, um, heading into uh, the Christmas season. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved but only as through the fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroy God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is folly with God. For it is written... He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Amen. So there's a couple of themes that Paul is hitting on here in this verse that we just read together in 1 Corinthians. And, and they're themes that you can kind of trace, so the imagery and the teaching throughout Scripture. And um, I'm going to just try to tackle both of the things that Paul hits on as we reflect on this text together. And one of the, the images that Paul brings out in the text is the image of a foundation. And this is not a new image at all. I mean, Paul uh, is pulling on what Christ taught in some ways in in the Sermon on the Mount. As Christ ended his Sermon on the Mount, he says, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? And the foolish man built his house on the sand. And when the waters came and the floods rose, what happened to the house on the sand? It got brushed away, right? And so Paul is speaking about some sort of foundational thing that is important to us and our faithfulness. And foundations are incredibly important. Like if you live in Texas and you own a home, you understand this, right? I shared, I don't know, a couple years ago, I live in a neighborhood. There's like 60 homes who have a failed foundation. And, um, and my home was one that won the lottery as well. And so after, literally, when we moved here, we had the house built. It's brand new, not even 10 years old. About year six, we started seeing cracks, and the back of the house fell like four inches. And what we found out is this whole neighborhood 
was built on something else I never knew about. It's called a perched aquifer. So this whole neighborhood sits on this perched aquifer. And what that basically means is there's a big bar of clay, water, and more clay. And our house sits right on top of it. And so now I have a foundation with 32 pillars supporting it, right? But that's how important foundations are. If they're built on something weak or if it's not strong, it, it, it fails and you have to reinforce it. And so this image is, is not a new one. And Paul talks about this in a different way, though. He's not just talking about what we build the foundation on. He, he talks about the foundation itself. He says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so Paul is talking about how we, we do, we build things on foundations, but he says something really interesting is that no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And in a way he's saying anything other than Jesus Christ as the foundation is actually not foundational. It's not a foundation at all. It's going to fail. And so we have to start fundamentally with Christ Jesus as the foundation, anything else is not at all going to be stable. And it's on this foundation that we start to build something. And he does. He talks about how we sort of build on this foundation of Christ and our faith, and, and this matters too. Because not everything that you build on this foundation is worth the same. Some things are made out of hay, some things made out of gold. And he says this will be tested in the day, that is the last days. It will finally be revealed what was built on this foundation, whether it's worthy of continuing on. And so you pass through the fire. And the text sort of says, like, some people may get through this fire, and it doesn't sound like this is something that will tickle, <laughs> but you'll get through this other side of the fire, and maybe you'll have nothing left save the pure foundation of Jesus Christ that carries you through. And so what we build matters. And this is something else that I didn't quite understand. I'm not a builder. I don't, I don't build homes. I don't understand. Um, but probably a house like three blocks away from mine um, got struck by lightning and caught fire. Right? <laughs> I know you're probably thinking, well, Pastor Danner's neighborhood sounds like a lovely neighborhood to move into. <laughs> we have lightning and floods. We have everything. Come see... A prelude to the apocalypse. Um, but the house caught on fire, and it sort of gutted the backside of it, and, and the family decided they were going to rebuild it. And what I thought, what I thought they were going to have to do is they're going to have to tear it down, dig up the foundation, re-plot it out, relay the foundation, all this stuff. But that's not what they did at all. They just like scraped everything off the top of the cement slab and started building new. And I didn't think you could do that. I thought for sure the fire would have damaged that foundation. But if the foundation's solid, it, the fire can't even burn it. And you can rebuild what is lost. So in the same way, this is kind of what Paul's talking about, is that some things we build in this world, and they're, they're not going to make it, they're going to go away. And some things maybe will stay. But what we build does matter. What we 
build on this foundation of faith does matter. And maybe, maybe pastors in your life have poured into you to build on this foundation, or maybe your parents built into you on this foundation, or maybe as a parent you are building into your kids on this foundation of Christ for something to grow and be sturdy. But sometimes we build other things on this foundation of Christ, right? Some things um, intentionally and some things unintentionally, which can't be part of the new creation, right? Like when Christ comes again, like pride and ego can't be part of the foundation. It can't be part of what makes it into the new creation. It's got to be burned away. It's got to go away. There are things that we worship, false idols, money, all these things that kind of enter into the picture that, that can't remain on this foundation. They have to be burned away to be part of the new creation. It can't be part of, of everything when Christ comes again. And there are things that we don't know that maybe make its way into the foundation. Stuff that we don't do intentionally. Stuff that just kind of sneaks its way into the structure. And, and that too, if it's not faithful, if it's not what God wants, if it's not what He teaches, if it's not what He intended, if it's not the truth, it goes away. But foundationally, the thing that's most important is the cornerstone, the main piece, Jesus. And so now that we have Jesus kind of as the foundation, is the foundation, the question is, how do we know what to build? What do we build on this foundation? And this is where Paul starts to talk about another theme because he talks about at the beginning of this text, he says, you are a building. Like he, he compares you to a building. Like you are being built up on this foundation that is Christ. And so he plays with the image of temples. And temples, it's not, it's not a new image either. Temples are dwelling places for God to be with man or tabernacles for God to be with man. So there's lots of history and, and touch points throughout the Old and New Testament that kind of tie this in. And it began like back in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, you, you see uh, Adam and Eve walking in this perfect, beautiful garden. And they hear the, the wind rustle the trees and God is walking among them. He is dwelling. He is tabernacling. He is with them in a very uh, pure and intimate and close way. There's nothing separating them. So here's Christ, here's God with his creation, close, foundational. But then, of course, what do Adam and Eve do? They, they eat from the tree, right? We know the story. And immediately what happens? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, <coughs> verse 24, no, excuse me, they are told they have to to go, they're cast out of the garden and they have to, it says they, they're cast out away from and they have to, it says in the Hebrew, they have to dwell outside of the garden. They have to live, they have to tabernacle elsewhere. They can no longer be in perfection and they can no longer walk and talk with God the way they had before. There's separation. And so a lot of scripture is really about getting back to this connection. Like how does God then reconnect with man? How does man stay connected and faithful to God? And so he begins to call people to him and begins to instruct his people so that they can be with him. 
And so you see this in the book of Exodus. God's people are out in the wilderness and they're wandering around and God comes to them and He gives Moses some instructions on how they can once again tabernacle with Him. God can dwell with them. And so they build this temple, this tabernacle, this tent, and it throws you back into Genesis and the creation. When you read in Exodus 25 and the following chapters, like the tapestries and the furniture, there's, there's uh, birds and there's plant life, like in the weaving. It's like meant to, as you walk into the temple, bring you back into paradise, bring you back into the beginning where things were good and there wasn't brokenness. And God's present. But this still isn't quite the same. Because, again, not everyone can go into the holiest of holies. Not everyone can go into the place where God dwells. Because God is holy and we're not. And so anyone who enters in that hasn't done the proper sacrifice, who hasn't followed all the steps, they're going to burn. Like, they're going to be destroyed in the presence of a holy God. That's kind of like what Paul's saying. In the end, things that aren't going to be part of that foundation that are faithful have to go. And, And so people had to be careful. They had to be sober-minded and, and, and careful with how they approached God in this temple. And so it wasn't perfect, but it got them a little bit closer. And then Jesus came. And we read this verse uh, around Christmas time every year in John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word. It's back in the beginning, back in Genesis. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt, tabernacled, templed with his people. And so God in Christ is now walking and talking and engaging with Adam again. Mankind. We're getting closer to what he intended. But here's Jesus calling people to follow, and up on the top of the hill is the temple where God dwells, and they're still going up to the temple, they're still making their sacrifices, they're still doing the things they need to do to be close to God because Christ hasn't died on the cross yet. He hasn't sacrificed for all yet. And Christ tells them, clues them in to what this is going to be about, what this is going to be like. Jesus talking to the Pharisees and teachers of the law. He says to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Jesus was trying to explain to them that he was the temple in which God dwelt and that they were going to sacrifice, they were going to crucify him and he would come back in three days. And of course, when Jesus died on the cross, what happened in the temple? Remember, the curtain tore and all of a sudden, all that ceremony, all that division goes away. The rules change. And here's what's crazy. Paul 
pulls on this thread and, and we kind of see how it progresses through Scripture. And as we reflect on the words, I mean, the question is for us, like, Christ died, the curtain is torn, we're not having to go to the temple to make sacrifices, then how are we present with God? How, how can we know how to faithfully build on the foundation that is Christ Jesus? Well, there's one more piece, and that's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talks about this. He says, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he will dwell with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit's going to tabernacle in you, <laughs> dwell in you. You're the temple. And that's what Paul says. He says, do you know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? So if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. This is, I don't know, this is kind of maybe a nerdy pastor thing, but when I think about this, this blows my mind. Because we go from walking with God in the Garden of Eden to being separated from him and having all these arrangements to interact with him, and now all of a sudden... He's dwelling in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, in you. You are the temple on the foundation, which is Christ Jesus. And so sure, we, we come to church to be in the presence of God, and God is present, but He's present in more places than here. He's present in you. And through you, wherever you go, and with whatever you do, and with whatever you build on that foundation... You are pointing people to Christ whom you are built upon, the temple. And what this says is that you are incredibly important. You're the temple. And Paul says, because God dwells in you, because you are the temple, what you do matters. What we do matters. Because it illustrates what Christ is doing in our lives foundationally as we build upon what he teaches. And it really illustrates how important it is for us as God's people to continually uh, live that out and point people to that truth. And you're so valuable that Paul revisits the idea of who we follow, whether it's Apollos or himself or Cephas, because who we follow can be destructive. He says it very clearly. Anyone who destroys you, the temple of God, will be destroyed. <laughs> That's the kind of doorman I want, right? Whoever messes with you, whoever tries to take you will not pass through the fire. <laughs> That's how valuable you are. And what Paul says is that all of creation, everything, is yours. It echoes Romans 8. You're co-heirs with Christ. You, you receive everything in all of creation because of this. So everything is yours 
You are Christ's, and Christ is God's. And so whatever we do, whether here or outside these walls, in our families, where we work, in our community, with our neighbors, we're building upon the foundation which is Christ, and we can build upon this foundation faithfully because you are the temple in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Through your baptism, you are His, and you are everything. He died for you, and He will destroy those who take you from Him. And so we rest in the promises and power of God as His holy temple carrying the power of the Holy Spirit, building on the truth that is Christ Jesus. It's in his name. Amen.